Hi there. I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this show today called Harnessing God's Energy. And so what does that really mean to harness energy? Well, to know this, we have to first understand what the term energy means. And so let's take a very quick science lesson regarding energy, which is simply the ability to do work. The definition is the power derived from the utilization of physical or chemical resources provided to primarily give us light and heat or to power machines. And so the law of physics regarding energy states, and it's the law of conservation of energy, or sometimes called the first law of thermodynamics, it's the total energy of an isolated system that remains constant. Energy can, of course, transform from one form to another, yet it cannot be created or destroyed. And this is going to play an important factor as we talk about this. So energy is converted to other forms through mechanical energy, which is energy of motion, heat energy, such as friction, chemical energy that we see within our own bodies, potential energy that's stored energy, that can be released like in a wound up rubber band. And when it's released, boom, there goes some energy. Kinetic energy is from movement and electrical energy that can convert into heat or mechanical energy. Whew, I know that's a lot of stuff. But the one form of energy that scientists will not recognize or even discuss is the energy received from God. And as I have illustrated in earlier podcasts, the Bible is full of verses regarding God's power or power that we receive directly from Him. God's power, then, is indeed another form of energy. And interestingly, the theory of a Big Bang has been around for a very long time. And recently, scientists became very interested in this theory. But remember, a theory is not a law. A theory has not been proven and cannot be considered a law. Therefore, when we, we all should remain very open-minded to other schools of thought when presented with a new way of thinking or a theory. And scientists have actually been very giddy over this theory of the Big Bang that points to one massive cosmic explosion. And what I find interesting is these scientists will wholeheartedly jump all over an argument like the Big Bang Theory, yet will scoff at anyone who believes that this Big Bang has a name, God. It truly baffles my mind how the Big Bang parallels with the 
in the beginning statement of the Bible. The Big Bang theorizes that cosmic circumstances caused subatomic particles and matter to suddenly, out of nowhere, explode, thus creating the early universe. How and why this could have happened are only theories. And for many, it's easier for them to believe a cosmic Big Bang than to believe in a God with an intelligent mind. Yes, I believe there was a Big Bang, and it's called creation. Again, the more science uncovers and discovers, the more it all points to our intelligent designer. And either way you choose to believe, both concepts do take a great deal of faith. And so the question then is, which way will you choose to accept? But what I want to discuss today is specifically focused on harnessing the power and energy that God himself provides. And so we know that energy exists and we know he created it. And we've discussed the types of harnessed energy and how they're utilized. So why then would we not seek ways to harness the most important source of energy, which is God's? And as I first began to study and focus on this concept of God's energy, I found it to be a little concerning at times. There's so much information out there regarding human energy fields or chakras, as many call them. And these kinds of words or subjects have caused many Christian believers to turn away from this information for fear that it's not a godly subject. Seeing the rise in the popularity of these secular energy practices is one of the reasons I believe God opened the door of theosynthesis to me. In my curiosity of all things God, I struggled with this concept but maintaining an open mind as I just dove into God's word. And the more scripture verses I read regarding his power, it became abundantly clear that all energy did come from God, and therefore there's nothing wrong or scary in looking at this through a different lens, the biblical lens. Observing all things through the eyes of God might just allow us to see things in a new light. And so let's look at the book of John and how it opens with the discussion of light, which we know light is a form of energy. So here's how the book of John opens. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. That's John 1, 1 through 5. And in verse 4, he states, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. There it is, the energy source. Light which is referring to God himself, Jesus in the form of human man, God. So therefore God is light and energy as he created it. This light source is given to us through Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, of life. Will have the light of life. Wow, what a powerful verse, you guys. Our light and energy source is clearly stated right here by Jesus himself. And he goes on with the promise to each of us. If we choose to follow him, we too will possess this same light. Friends, you will find verse after verse throughout the Bible referencing this exact principle. God has provided a direct light and energy source available for all of us. And all we must do is simply tap in to that wonderful power source. So how do we do that? Well, we know plants harness sunlight in photosynthetic cells. We know nuclear power, electric power, magnetic, hydraulic, wind, solar, chemical, and vibrational power. And to harness or use a power source, we have to understand its principles and its properties. So God's character or properties are understood when we take the time to get to know him. Have you ever met a person you were instantly attracted to or perhaps just the opposite? And there was something about them that repelled you. And maybe you even said, I just had a strange vibe from that person. Well, what you just experienced was very real. Vibrational energy you felt comes from other people. When we speak words or we sing a song, the sound travels by sound waves called vibrational frequencies. And sound is a form of energy. Sound, then, is when air molecules move and collide and they vibrate, creating disruptions we call sound waves. My voice reaching you right now has a vibrational frequency. That's why you can hear it. And as humans, each of us also radiates a certain amount of energy constantly. We're bo- our bodies are constantly cranking out heat. We're 98.6 degrees for the most part. Our food regulates our systems, utilizing energy and power within us and creating that heat. So humans are naturally living energy powerhouses. And additionally, our emotions and thoughts also create energy. We don't need any scientific proof to know that we can be in tune with another person's emotional energy. Even emotions such as anger, despair, frustration, and sadness all manifest as energy, and these emotions can be felt and experienced by others. Those around us can also feel the opposite emotion of happiness and joy, love, acceptance, and often we don't even need to say a word to feel the energy radiating from another individual. Each of these ranges of emotions carries a specific vibrational frequency. And you guys, scientific studies regarding emotions show that our feelings and thoughts have a direct impact on our overall health. And people who emit negative emotions consistently will be detrimentally affected both physically and mentally over time. Consistent negative emotion is very damaging to human beings down to our cellular level. Wow, let that sink in for a minute. 
And on the other hand, positive emotions are known to create balance and well-being in people. Studies do show that people who manifest and radiate positive, beautiful thoughts and emotions experience more relaxed and balanced lives. These individuals have found methods allowing them to harness and to utilize positive energy. Our thoughts are a powerful, powerful force. We indeed are what we think. If we focus on negative thoughts, they produce negative energy, which radiates outwardly and inwardly. On the other hand, positive, happy thoughts radiate the opposite type of energy. And as humans, we constantly emit this energy and vibrational frequency from our own magnetic field, which does envelop us. It's an invisible force that either attracts or repels around us. A magnetic field of any given person or object creates a magnetic force on other objects, and that's called magnetism. So scientifically speaking, it is clear magnetism is a genuine phenomenon. God created us as electromagnetically charged beings. Every neuron or nerve cell within our body contains an electrical charge. These pulsating electric currents are coursing through and around our bodies constantly. Doctors and scientists use an electrocephalogram or an EEG to detect the electrical activity of the brain. Because our neurological systems transmit electrically, this phenomenon can easily be measured and observed with certain machines. Electricity produces energy. Therefore, our thoughts and emotions absolutely do have an energy force. And interestingly, you guys, your heart muscle, your cardiac or heart cells are also electrically charged. So an EKG or an electrocardiogram is used to measure the rhythm of the heart. An EKG measures the electrical activity and we have cardiac waves that are recorded. Isn't it interesting how God created us with our two most powerful organs of the body, the brain and the heart, to run with electrical currents? Therefore, it would make sense that these two organs are completely connected by these electrical currents. And so we have what we call a heart-brain connection. And it was absolutely stunning revelation to scientists when they stumbled upon this. And science has also discovered that the heart is 5,000 times more electrically charged than our brains. Our hearts are the center of everything within our bodies. When you have been hurt emotionally at a deep level, we say, I feel an ache in my heart. I know you can relate to this. If science can accept the fact that humans can connect through an electrically charged field, why then is it such a difficult concept to believe humans could also be connected to an almighty God in the same way? The only answer appears to be because it involves God. So scientists just refuse to look at that. But you guys, God is the original energy source. So doesn't it make sense that we too are connected to him 
energetically. And when we spend time with Him, we can feel His presence and His power. Yes, we can connect to the Almighty. And because of this connection, we must plug into Him to harness His energy. When we disconnect from Him, there's a missing spiritual current in our lives. Connecting to Him brings us a life force pulsating through every fiber and cell within us. And as we begin to connect to Him through this cycle that I've called Theosynthesis, we then harness His unbelievable power, which will sustain us throughout life. This power via Theosynthesis is not like the power most people think of when they hear this word. This form of energy is from God, and it's unlike anything in the universe. God's power, however, is stronger than any physical strength. His power provides us with a tethered connection to Him through the Holy Spirit. It's a force that can only be experienced when we freely choose to accept Christ into our lives. So here's a few scriptures to to um, illustrate this just a bit further. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. Romans 8, 9, you, however, are controlled not by sinful nature, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. And the belief that once you accept Christ into your life, you will have unlimited physical powers? That's not what I'm teaching. Not at all. Our physical body is only temporary, and someday it's going to die. Spiritually, however, the body or the soul will remain its tethered connection by the Holy Spirit and will be with Jesus eternally. And many proclaim Christ was a weak man, He was accused of being weak because he chose not to fight back when he was being flogged, beaten, and hung on the cross. Let me ask you, though, which takes more strength? Digging in and becoming defiant or humbly accepting your fate and receiving the punishment even in the face of innocence? The strength Christ exhibited is something that defies our human mind. His power To endure what he did on the cross could have only come from his father, God. Before his capture in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed in great earnestness before his father. And this type of strength is an excellent example of Jesus tapping into the energy source through God via prayer. The power he directly received from God sustained him as he endured the horrors of the cross. And here's what he said in Luke 22, 42 through 43. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Jesus knew where to find his ultimate power source and went directly to it. His power was not the type of physical strength to fight off his accusers. The power he asked for was the power to endure whatever had to be done. And this power is the same God power available to you and to me. 
Life on earth was never promised to be smooth sailing as Christians. It is incorrect to be told otherwise. He does not guarantee that we are not going to have burdens in this world. And he promises, though, that we don't have to carry these alone, that we are to call upon him for strength and power. One of my favorite verses that always has encouraged me is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's power is the type of energy I wish to harness. The power we find only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the sustaining power we all need. He alone supplies us with His much-needed strength, helping us to endure anything we're going to encounter in this life. Do you desire to know and harness this type of power and strength? If so, this is a gift and it's there for you. And all you need to do is earnestly go to Him. Ask for forgiveness of your sins. Invite Him into your heart and have a sincere desire to know Him personally. And as you live your newly empowered life through Christ, you will discover a peace that defies any human understanding. And as you grow in a more profound knowledge of Him and of His Word, He will show you beautiful and amazing truths. Your mind is renewed and your spirit, as it connects to the almighty power source, will be filled with His light and abiding love. So in closing, I don't know about you, but knowing that I have an incredible source of God's energy, that is empowering. And I hope you will grasp this truth and that it challenges you to dig deeper into God and His amazing strength. And as always, you guys, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on the tab that says Connect with Paula. So live your life fully connected to the Almighty. And as always, live today. Hi, stay tuned for my mini podcast, Ask Dr. Paula. It'll be in the last five minutes of the show and a time for me to answer your questions. So to submit a question, simply go to drpaulamcdonald.com and click on contact me. I can't wait to hear from you. Well, on my Ask Dr. Paula segment, last week I spoke about numbers and God. And a great question came up. Dr. Paula, hey, isn't numerology a secular practice? And the answer is absolutely yes, if the study of numerology is outside of the scriptures. However, the study of biblical numerology is based on God's various messages woven throughout His Word regarding numbers. Studying biblical numerology is fascinating, and you get a real clue into God into the various meanings of specific numbers that appear over and over again in Scripture. And I do believe that God provides us with many truths regarding numbers as we dive into His Word. The caution is when we begin studying numbers outside of Scriptures that becomes cautionary. And I recommend anyone who's studying or reading numerology to pray for guidance and to stay within the confines of the Bible. 
And if you do go outside of the Bible, make sure you use your scriptures as the main guidebook to test everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.21.22 reminds us, But test everything, hold fast to what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. Thank you for your questions and keep them coming. I look forward to hearing from you. Go to drpaulamcdonald.com and contact me. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in abundant connection with God.